0: I think I'll begin today just uh, by saying something theoretical not too long, I hope (laughs) It's about the structure of the Dependent Origination presentation you see this list of words and uh, when we see a list of words we probably imagine that the last word comes after the first word and there's a time sequence there naturally but uh, this is not necessarily the case in dependent origination some of these links occur simultaneously or co-arise in other words it's not this and then that but there's this that and the image is used of a, a particularly the one link the uh, consciousness name and form Where Sariputta says it's like two sheaves, stacks of reeds, you know, leaning against each other. They co support, take one away, the other one falls away. So they they co arise and they co cease. So it's not like one and then the next and the next and the next and the next and the next. It's also not a simple linear sequence. Some of these uh, terms loop back or keep regenerating so you've got something more like a chaotic uh, attractor have you ever seen a chaotic attractor Lawrence chaotic attractors where these things just kind of they keep feedback loops keep regenerating themselves so some items come back slow, some items come back quick and all in the mix turning over and over and over so you've got this very dynamic um, kind of Vortex, another simple form, of vortex form, or a cloud form where things are just evolving and unfolding and co merging. So it's all very dynamic. So rule out the sense of a simple time frame, like one, then the next, and the next. So that abandon that notion. <laughs> Some things occur like that, like, um, you know, for example, you might say, um, Feeling uh, to vedana to tanha, you've got a little bit of a time lapse there, which makes it one of the most easy links to to bring around cessation within, because you've got that, you've got the feeling, and the tanha, you've got some kind of perceptual gap between the feeling and the re- reaction to it, and that's where you can get your pause button in. <laughs> <laughs> and, Get your wisdom to unfold over that. Is that feeling really worth following or not? <laughs> yeah. so you've got some little bit of a, of a pause there. Some of them just co right? Yeah. So if we see, for example, consciousness, it says where there's consciousness, there is perception and feeling. Otherwise, there's no consciousness. You can't have a consciousness that doesn't have that. Otherwise, it's not consciousness and you can't have consciousness separate from something it's conscious of like if I see you if you're not there the experience of seeing you can't occur can it? so my seeing of you depends upon a seen object so an object consciousness always depends upon some object otherwise he, even if the consciousness is space then that becomes the object yeah. So so consciousness and then some nama, so get rupa is the form, which can be a mental form. It's generally seen as a visual form because that's the easiest one. You know, I see a thing. But there's also the um, um, that that goes through all the sense fields. So it's an auditory form. You know, auditory object, and a mental object. Mental object, like a thought, consciousness of a thought as thought consciousness so thoughts you can't have a thought consciousness without a thought which makes it really uh, uh, interesting because if the thought can cease the thought consciousness ceases yeah. which is one of our you know, meditation um, let's say um, priorities, but certainly a meditative, uh, you know, pointer. Can you can you find that place where a thought stops? Not because you hate thought, but just to understand what happens when the thought stops. The thinking consciousness goes, and then the heart opens in that space, or we go to a sound or sight or most often jump to the next thought you know, bring a thought up because that sense of disorientation is again emotionally and psychologically uncomfortable and certainly with the process of thought consciousness you can begin to surmise or get a distinct impression how much thought is necessary? How much it is just telling you you exist? <laughs> just make a noise to prove you're here. <laughs> so just get rambling thoughts, discursive thoughts, silly thoughts, wacky thoughts, old tunes you heard twenty years ago. Anything, any old rubbish will do. <laughs> just keep keep the song going. <laughs> Why? Why? Because conscious, because the thought consciousness wants to exist. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit about, you know, actually check that reflex, tame that reflex. And you can't tame it through negativity. You tame it because you begin to sense something better here. You know, that learning to just quiet and enjoy. The heart opening, chitta, sense of awareness, awakening, so deeply receptive stillness. Oh. So that encourages that. We begin to feel safe without having a thought. Comfortable without having a thought. Having a sense of presence without having an identity, which is great relief because you know how much of an identity do you need to stand up? do you need an identity when you stand up? (laughs) it gets in the way doesn't it? sometimes you need it but walking up and down you don't need an identity your body can walk up and down fine so why do you have to have this thing telling you you've got to do this you should be that? it's not a logical process, it's a reactive reflex to keep filling up the space with this uh, consciousness and consciousness almost is programmed to keep running anyway, I've diversed a bit so some some qualities co-arise and also co-cease so So for example with the thought consciousness, intellect consciousness manuvijnana Because that, uh, you see, has no (laughs) has no independently existing. So we say the tree independently exists. Thought doesn't independently exist unless I create it. So that's the one where we've got some pretty uh, available leverage to just let that one quiet down and. What does that feel like? So then with the ending of that even if that's just a few moments then what we call is brief what is summarised as nama that is um, designations it reminds me of this I, uh, the cognitive process has got nothing to, to get going on there's nothing to create anything out of. So the Nama also ceases. Cessation of consciousness, cessation of Nāma. Therefore that's why, you know, this is just a little peek through a keyhole at the possibility of, of Nibbana and why Nibbana can't be designated because it's where designations stop, but it can be realised. Co-rising, co-ceasing. Mm-hmm. So so there's no time sequence in that. Time itself is another construction that um, consciousness establishes. Um, also to bear in mind some of these terms we're seeing, you know, these List of terms: consciousness, ignorance, so forth, name and form, sense bases, um, and so. So, with this sense of conditionality, some the some of these act as essential conditions, not necessary, necessary conditions. You can't have this without that. You can't have Uh, craving without something to crave, you can't have craving without um, some feeling or the other to to crave for, it's a necessary condition some are more possible, for example you can have a feeling without craving So you, so you can't have craving without a feeling, but you can have feeling without a craving. So you've got some options there. Some of them are almost built in, some you've got options of. So there can be feeling, vedana, Sensitivity, that shifting of energy, that subtle tide of energetic shift, we call feeling. But that can exist without the thirst to make more of it, or less of it. Or annihilated, mm. and it's particularly as we penetrate the nature of feeling, so you get the pleasure pain uh, signal, mm. yeah. whatever that means. Right? You actually think, what, what is what is pleasure as an experience? It's an energetic shift towards open and joy. Yeah. Pain, energetic shift, contract, move away it's energetic tides, shifting this can be pretty subtle some just subtle openings, subtle closures particularly a level mental feeling kind of agreeable but getting a bit boring it's that tidal shift yeah, if you're able to so sample with that one, if you're able to just acknowledge the tidal shift, as an energetic experience there can be dispassion towards feeling so that's that's the nature of... so that's where that dependency of feeling, uh, of craving, or uh, feeling giving rise to craving can be terminated because it's just movement and of course uh, we might very well recognise that it's a very important movement for bodily survival and existence to know what's painful, absolutely so the main emphasis on mental feeling how important is it to be annoyed by the colour of the wall? or the sound of a motorbike? how valuable is that? to be irritated by the sound of a motorbike driving by or finding yourself annoyed by the, the stain on the carpet how, how useful is that? it's not a matter of survival is it? And so we get a lot of mental feelings based purely upon notional tastes, comforts, preferences Expectations, assumptions uh, that act as the foundation for that tide to be moved. So we recognize well, maybe motorbikes exist, <laughs> sound happens, you know, independent of what you wish or don't wish. So you see how that that dependency can be softened. And released, and then the feeling, the tanha doesn't gener, isn't generated. Craving to get rid of something, craving to have something isn't generated. You get that. Maybe you still get that same tide, tidal shift of acknowledging something's happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely get the impact of that motorbike or whatever it is, that sound. But there isn't that ding ding ding, ding alarm signal going on. so that's an example of how we get cessation of it doesn't mean annihilation it means the non-tidal you know the non-wave of energy running through through the system so this energetic system becomes very stable it's not constantly rippling and shimmering and shaking with phenomena of which it has no say over, I can't Annihilate all motorbikes in the world. So, so it says, okay, so what I can do is learn to moderate and understand the nature of feeling. A skillful or a wise person also recognizes it's good to be with mental phenomena that, that irritate me. They won't kill me. They just frustrate and irritate me, because you know it, it urges me to deal with this matter, the matter of feeling and craving. If everything's going away and it's comfortable, I don't have to deal with it. So we go asleep in a in a in a in a, in a kind of. Cotton wool envelope with everything being comfortable, where I like it. You don't wake up though. Uh, let's uh, you know, be pragmatic, you know, <laughs> not deliberately to make things unpleasant, but just recognizing those kind of uh, being alert to so the. It's like, oh, that's me getting. Irritated, annoyed, disappointed, feeling righteous, feeling either about other people or about myself—you know, unpleasant feeling, psychological feeling, mentally induced feeling. Oh, good sign! Good sign! Good sign! Where's the attachment? Where's the underpinning of that? So, it's the dependent origination is encouraging a kind of penetration of the nature of these formations recognizing they're all essentially just potencies that are crystallizing in particular ways and those crystals can become very tightly knotted and embedded you can crystallize, condense into pretty convincing, solid realities for a while until they break and then we haven't done the homework to to develop understanding. So while we can still feel, so while we have the faculties, let's contemplate it as it is. So that's the sense of the uh, the presentation of these these factors. You can call them nodules. They call them conglomerates. Where numbers of, of kind of Formed into into particular um, factors, all dynamic. Okay, so that was a little bit theoretical, but the bit about feeling is, I think, is fairly pragmatic and hands on, and um, trying to bring all this stuff into the realities of our. Uh, we call it meditative practice. from theory into direct experience, feeling is a great place to to uh, enter into this self uh, process of dependent origination because another point is if you penetrate that, you go deep enough, you go through to ignorance, penetrate that. So any of these nodules, any of these these faults, if you penetrate it will take you through the rest of them, take you into clinging. It'll take you into thirst. It'll take you into perception. It'll take you into consciousness. It'll take you into understanding consciousness. So any of these you get into, it'll, it's like it will lead you through the rest. They're all interlinked and interwoven. So, you, you know, as a practical reminder, just take the bit you can manage. Some of it sounds very heady and abstract. Perhaps it's not re- ready for you yet. But uh, that you can actually get... get Realistic, direct experience of penetrate that it will take you th- into it'll take you through the rest. So we though we've got a linear sequence. That's the way that words work. You've this, this then ignorance condition sankara consciousness thing before. But you could start anywhere. <laughs> you could start anywhere and it will take you through the rest.